0: Welcome back to Mike and Morris' Mind Escape. Let us help you escape your mind. welcome back to Mike Maurice's Mind Escape. Uh, we have episode number two eighty three tonight. Uh, going to be another solo episode, and uh, we're going to do well. I'm going to do a review of the Cave of Bones, or it's called Unknown Cave of Bones on uh, Netflix. I highly recommend it. Um, it is depicting. The discovery surrounding the Rising Star cave, um, where they found Homo Naledi, Uh, so this would be Lee Berger and his team. Um, So we'll get into all that, but before we get started here, uh, if you want to support Mind Escape, the best way to do it is to click the Linktree link down below. We've got a merch store. We have Patreon. Um, there's a version of, uh, or there's a director's cut version of our uh, documentary, As within So Without, from UFOs to DMT uh, on our Patreon. But there is a free version on our YouTube as well, if you're interested. Um, and yeah, we, we appreciate any sort of nice review on Spotify or uh, Apple Podcast. And uh, if you're listening on an audio platform, please check out our YouTube channel. We do all our episodes live. So... Um, yeah, and as I've said in, uh, recent episodes, I'm going to start highlighting, um, you know, glass artists and people that I really like what they're doing out there. Um, so I want to give a huge thanks to Adam from, uh, ambient underscore glass on, uh, Instagram. And, uh, you can find him on, uh, uh, Etsy as well at ambient glass design, all one word. Um, He's an unbelievable glass artist and a super cool dude. We've been texting and uh, DMing back and forth about all sorts of stuff, evolution, metaphysics, um, lots of interesting stuff. But uh, we were talking, and he brought up something interesting that I kind of wanted to – I just kind of wanted to to touch on, which is something we've discussed in the past a little bit. But um, so – you know, you have your Graham Hancocks or whoever talking about this ancient lost technology, this high technology and everything. Um, and Adam and my Adam and I were going back and forth and he mentioned like, well, where's all the parts where's, you know, cause yeah, some stuff would rust out if it's been a long time, some stuff would decompose, whatever. Uh, if it's stone, you know, depending on where it is and how much erosion and everything like that. But, um, like let's say we got wiped out, like a thousand years from now, they'd be able to find something. Yeah, there'd be stuff that would be gone, but they would still be able to find something. So um, you'll get your people that will say, oh, well, um, in terms of, well, they they understood stone and quartz and frequencies and things like that. Well, that's awesome. I mean, I love all that stuff. I love frequencies and acoustics and things like that, being a musician, but where's the evidence how how do you work this technology if it exists things like that so um, to to you know he was saying to, to the Rogans and Hancock's and everybody where are where is any evidence and some people will point to this pottery or that video i think from the dude from uncharted x where he's showing the vase I mean, that's cool. But again, that's like one vase. Why aren't there hundreds? Why aren't there thousands? Why why isn't there other stuff that you would find? Like I would assume in the future, they'd be able to find alloys and things that we've made that wouldn't rust your, you know, rust out or whatever. So I don't know, just some thoughts. Uh, And again, I, I love talking with people online. If you, you know, You want to reach out to me whatever you know if you're just interested in these topics i love going back and forth with people and seeing what their takes are and you know i'm not going to always going to agree with everybody and i'm not always going to disagree with everybody i try and keep an open mind uh but that being said i agree with that sentiment like i've studied these topics we've had a lot of these alternative ancient researchers on and yeah there's a lot of speculative you know stuff or circumstantial evidence things like that but where if you were to write a scientific paper or you know so then the other option would be you just say oh well it's something completely different so science doesn't even apply well if that's the case then you need to come up with a way to explain it in a way that makes sense to people i've yet to see anything of the sort so just a uh, couple thoughts there (sighs) okay uh so yeah shout out to adam check out his his uh glass because i mean if you're into heady Glass and Glass Artists and stuff like that. Um, Adams is really sick. Um, let's see here, <clears throat> I wanted to highlight a few other people. Check out Glass by Aaron uh, Carty on Etsy. So that's the word Glass by E-R-I-N-C-A-R-T-E-E. Check that out. Um, Sales Jody, uh, S-A-Y-L-E-S-J-O-D-I on Etsy. Gross Glass on Etsy, G-L-A-S-S. Um, I love this dude's work. Sean, I, I don't know if it's Jap or Jappy. It's J-A-P-P Glass, uh, one word on Etsy. Um, I have a few of his chillums and uh, Sherlock's. Uh, my boy Blake Maisie with the same last name, which is just so bizarre to me, but I love it. Uh, check out his stuff on Etsy. It's a uh, Oakwood hot He has a website as well. Um, you know, he, he does a little bit of everything from pendants to slurpers to whatever. Um, so yeah, check out all those out. Um, again, do you like functional glass? And when I say heady, you know, are you part of cannabis culture and things like that? Psychedelic culture, um, you'll get what I'm talking about. If not, don't worry about it. Just keep listening (laughs) um but so that's kind of where i wanted to go with all the plugs in the beginning and uh yeah we have some guests lined up which will be happening here in the next few weeks so uh these won't just all be solo episodes going forward we do do have guests lined up but i um i as i mentioned before on the previous episode instead of doing um just throwing something together or having a friend come on or whatever i'm just going to do solo episodes um and uh, talk about stuff I'm interested in and my takes and things like that. And then when we have guests on, we'll just let them do their thing. So, um, all right. So the rising star cave system. So if anybody doesn't know what the rising star cave system is, you can go look it up. Uh, I guess it's also known as the Westminster or empire cave. Um, it's in South Africa. And I think they far started finding fossils around 2013, 2014. Um, the recent excavations, though, is what's super, super interesting. So um, there's a book called Cave of Bones that's out that you can check out. <clears throat> I started reading. Excuse me. I started reading that as well. Um, but I'm gonna kind of go. This is a little bit of a sp- so there'll be not spoilers. I mean a documentary. Can you even do a spoiler? I don't know uh, but I'm gonna go through kind of what they talk about in, in the um, Documentary and analyze things that they found my takes on it that kind of stuff. So uh, If you don't if you're the type of person that doesn't want any sort of information You know ruined or exposed ahead of time, I guess spoiler alert uh, but I think you know, There's been people that have messaged me that appreciate the reviews and it lets them know whether it's worth it or not and then also adds context to what they're watching. So can go either way. Uh, <clears throat> so they found at least 15 full uh, Homo naledi uh, skeletons. So Homo naledi uh, is an extinct hominin. Now, uh, they did live are roughly the same time as early homo sapiens sapiens so that would be us so um anywhere from 300 to 200,000 years ago so they lived a, uh, like alongside us so this isn't something that was predated us or um anything you know before us or any, like these these beings were alive alongside us they also their their brains were roughly the size of a chimpanzee but that doesn't matter uh, regarding some of the information we're going to get into, which I find very fascinating. So in the documentary, it follows uh, Lee Berger, who is a paleo um, archaeologist, and his team. And uh, they start going through the Rising Star cave system, which I'm going to pull up a diagram here in a second, and you'll kind of see like a side view of the cave because, um, if you're listening, you might need to pull up a visual. So again, if you're listening, uh, check out our YouTube channel because I will pull up a couple graphics that will help you, uh, you know, understand this a little bit more. Um, so <clears throat> again, they lived two to 300,000 years ago. Um, the, the main archaeologist is Lee Berger. There's uh, a woman, senior archaeologist. I believe her last name's Molo Payane or something roughly around that. Um, and then there's an anthropologist. I think his name's Augustin Fuentes. Um, and then there's another paleo uh, archaeologist, I believe, who's Lee Berger's partner, John Hawkes. Um, they're all pretty. Prevalent throughout the uh, documentary. There's a few other people too, but you don't really find out, you know, what their story is. So it just goes between these four people mainly. Um, You know, and they keep asking the question because based on these finds, you'll see in a second, what does it mean to even be, you know, a human? Um, In the early 1900s, miners, I supposedly they were talking about how they were looking for lime. And they opened up a bunch of passageways uh, in this cave system. Now, this cave system, they didn't show too much of it in the documentary, and I would assume that's for good cause. I I don't know how well-known this cave is, but I assume they don't want random people um, heading out that way. So uh, it looked like it was just kind of like an opening that went into the earth um, from what I could see. Um, Here, let me pull up here. I'm going to pull up this diagram now okay so here you can see this is like a rough sketch of um they have a little bit more detail in the documentary there's stuff you can find online too that goes into more detail but this is just like a rough uh diagram i made for everybody so they can kind of see what's going on um so you enter there the cave entrance it kind of goes down a little bit um and then they set up like a command center uh which i found is interesting they've got all their computers and everything you know technical set up in there um and then you go down to what's called the uh, superman crawl which is that like skinny little narrow space down there and then you get into this bigger chamber um, which goes up into what they call the dragon's back now that's as far as the main uh paleoarchaeologist um lee Berger could go because he's a little bit bigger of a guy and i'll talk about it in a second but that shoot part the next part so thin that only like smaller people can get through there i actually have a little bit of an anecdote with this too so um i'm now i'm a little bit bigger of a guy but you know when i was younger i played football hockey baseball i was very athletic and we were in the up of michigan camping on our annual camping trip that i go on and there was an underground cave system in the UP that we were going through. Um, and it, I don't know how far it was, but it wasn't, like, super long. But just to get down in there it was, like, super dangerous. The mossy, rocky, um, you know, like, you could slip, crack your head on this stuff kind of a thing. Once you got in there, though, there was some spaces where I had to take some, like... Deep as breaths and I didn't know if I was gonna get through this thing like it the idea of getting stuck in one of these like caves or an underground cave is so scary um, You know, especially if you're not familiar with the exact zone that you're in but so yeah, so he couldn't fit through um, The shoot when the documentary started so he makes um, this declaration early on hey, I'm I'm never gonna see this Dinaletti chamber so The, I, so what was happening and I'll just get into it quickly here and we'll retouch on it, but they think Homo Naledi was taking their dead all throughout this system and then dropping their bodies down that chute. And then, you know, they were ending up in the Dinaledi chamber or somewhere. So it was like some sort of like ritualistic disposal of the body. Now it gets more intense than that. So this is again, early in the documentary that chute supposedly is only eight centimeters width. Um, and it goes down 12, 12 meters down. So 12 meters down is not super far, but it's far enough to, for you to crack yourself pretty darn good, uh, especially when there's rocks on each side. And 18 centimeters width is nothing. So, um, so yeah, they believe they dragged their dead throughout this cave system. And Dinaledi, or uh, the Homo naledis were smaller. They, again, they had the size uh, brains of chimpanzee. Um, they had a smaller, thinner, like legs and arms, ganglier arms. They were better climbers than us, which makes sense. Um, uh, let's see here. So they start off with that uh, Malapayani or Palain, or I forget the woman's name. But so she's talking about how when they started this uh, this excavations and expedition. They had a whole underground astronaut training, uh, program, which Lee Berger started, which is they take these highly trained archeologists and anthropologists, and they put them in these very dangerous caves in different areas and things like that. So, um, these people had to like really get in there, you know, they're all wearing hard hats and climbing gear and, you know, you can get hurt, uh. Not just by like falling rocks and debris and stuff like that, but when you're in these caves, I mean, st- stalactites, stagmites, you know anything you can think of uh, can be an issue. Um, so, so yeah, I found that interesting. They had a whole training uh, program for these it's like a special type of an archaeologist, like like almost like a daredevil one where you're willing to get in there in these tight or messed up scenarios to 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 figure out what's going on, which, I commend that. I mean, these people are going way above and beyond just digging in the ground. So, uh, I just want to point that out. Let's see here. Um, so what they found, um, a burial pit. Um, and one, the, the previous earliest burial pit that's been found, uh, in history was from Israel. I think it was like a hundred thousand years ago. Uh, which was homo sapien sapien. Um, And then they go on uh, a little bit more about that. Not too much, but um, they rebuilt. They took a whole adult skeleton in one of the points, and, like, they had all the different types of bones uh, that make up a full skeleton. And they took different pieces, and they kind of built, like, a full skeleton. And you can kind of see, like the guy showed Lee Berger pulls out like a chimpanzee hand, um, like a, a bunch of bones and shows you like what a chimpanzees hand looks like via bones. And he puts it next to Homo Naledi and Homo Naledi looked a lot closer to R cause he put his hand next to it. Uh, than chimpanzee based on like the length of the fingers and just where all the, the, the bones were lined up and everything. So in, in, in terms of, you know, digits and appendages. It just seemed like they were closer to us uh, visually from what I could tell. Um, again, yeah, they were skinny, more spindly, better climbers. Oh, another difference is that they pointed out, which I found was interesting. So like chimpanzees or other primates, when they get aggressive or they're trying to, you know, they'll show you their canines. Um, Homo naledi had little canines, which was would be unusual um, also. Uh, let's see here. Um, you know, they kind of go through like a recreation of what they might have been like or might have been doing. Obviously, they don't know. This is all speculative based on the finds that they they did um, have. So, you know, they talk about imagination for developing tools. Uh, they start to manipulate the land and cultivate the land around them. Uh, they started to have this intentional mortuary behavior. So, um... They found, um, well, I'll get to that in a second. Actually, I'll, 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 do this part first. They found clear evidence of a fire pit and cooking, you know, like different, uh, animal bones and things like that in the, the dragon's back Ridge. Um, so I think previously, I forget what the date of the previous evidence of fire cooking was, but this was a big, big deal. Um, Let's see here. There was no other entrance into the Dinaledi chamber. So the final chamber that you see there all the way to the left, um, there's no other way to get in there. Um, you, The only way you could get around is with fire, too. So, that like, they simulated that in the documentary where they just lighted a bunch of different piles of fire to show you how you would illuminate the cave because it's so dark. There's no way that these... I mean, unless... Homo Naledi had, like, night vision or something. I don't know. But, um, and I, I'm not talking about goggles. I'm talking about some sort of ability to see uh in darkness like that. Um, let's see here. Um, okay, so in 2017, they found this spot, um, Which they kind of like um, Wrapped In plaster You know like I don't know if you've ever seen how they Excavate dinosaur bones But they'll like wrap up in plaster They did that They found this big burial spot Where there was like a child in like a fetal position Um, So what they did was They wrapped it in plaster And like carefully somehow like You know weaved this thing out Of all these different Caverns and and passages and stuff like that. Um, and then they took it to like the most high tech x ray, or I think, I think Lee Berger talks about how his wife works at a hospital or something, and they x rayed it there first and could see there was something there. Um, that wasn't just bone, it was like a stone or something. So then they take it to this like super high tech, um, x ray, um place where i I forget where it was but um and then they do that and then they're able to get like full imaging where they they did some technology where they can it's like a million slices of of the imaging so they were able to see it was like a hand axe uh, a hand tool um so this is proof that this um this homo naledi was buried with a tool um is it I mean, I think it would be pretty impossible for, for this thing to be there and getting like a fight and then like die with the thing in its hand in the fetal position. So it just makes sense that they buried, um, from a logic standpoint that obviously this is a burial pit. This homo ledi homo was buried, uh, this child and th- this child was also, also, uh, was buried with a hand axe. Now, you know was the hand axe used as a tool was it a weapon i don't know i've heard different things i know adam and i were going back i mentioned adam earlier he was saying you know it was probably a weapon um and why wouldn't it be everything's trying to kill you um there so uh especially during that time um so yeah so they did the high uh high resolution imaging they found that this thing was a, a tool so this is proof that there is burial um, you know rituals uh, being associated with with this situation um, placing objects with their dead um, you know did they ponder the afterlife uh, was this just you know somebody would say oh a skeptic would say, oh, well, no, no thing wants to see its dead relative or whatever, just laying out and decomposing or whatever. I don't know Um, where what else in nature does this? You know, it's I don't think it's inherent to like mammals or nature or anything, obviously. So other than, you know, us and potentially maybe our ancestors or common ancestors what else was doing this um so i think that that's important to point out uh but again the intentional mortuary behavior the rituals okay so they, they they find this child in the fetal position obviously intentionally buried with the favorite tool um and again i don't think that there's ever been found like a tool in a hand <laughs> that's what's so crazy about this cave is they're actually finding these like Resting places that are so undisturbed that have These these beans perfectly preserved. It's almost like uh, Pompeii uh, you know taken a little bit further obviously, but um, these these Beings are just p- so perfectly preserved. We're able to kind of tell uh, Things that we weren't before and I again, I don't know if there's ever been a hand axe or a tool found in the hand of a dead um, hominin or ancestor or whatever so Maybe I'm wrong. If you know an example, leave a comment. Um, Let's see here. Okay. (laughs) So towards the end of the documentary, uh, they do another, they're they're making another trip there. And since then, Lee Berger has lost a bunch of weight. He got in shape and he walks up to the group and he goes, I'm going in the Dinaletti chamber. So, um, (laughs) you know that shoot part that's so thin, they had to actually like chisel, even though he he did lose weight and he, he didn't look that big either, which I definitely wouldn't have been able to get through this thing. They would have been chiseling, uh, trying to get my fat ass down there and it would not have worked. So um, they're, you know, they're chiseling around this dude, trying to get him (laughs) down this thing, uh, which is just crazy to think about. And all the other people there None of them appeared to get, like, super dirty. When he came back out of this thing, he was his—he was pretty dirty. He had, like, dust and, like, sweat and shit all over his face. I mean, dude had to work for it. Um, let's see here. Uh, um, okay, so when he got there, he did get into the Dinaletti chamber, and um, And when he got, so the Dinaletti chamber is like the final resting place. Like that's where there's burials. Um, You look up and it's almost like a natural cathedral ceiling. Like think about being in awe of like, you know, a European cathedral or some sick mosque or just some unbelievable architecture or something like that. That's what the ceiling looks like. Like it's almost like, uh, you know, spiritual in a way. Um and they kept kind of alluding to that aspect of it. Like I think you can talk about spirituality without getting into like specifics with religion and things like that. So um I wanted to point that out. But they did it did come up a couple times. Um even Lee Berger says I hate even talking about that because that's like out of the realm of his, you know, what he does. So but it's interesting because the these these finds do invoke thinking about this kind of stuff. So it's important, and that's why we're talking about it right now. So, um, so yeah, he lost weight. He gets into the Dinaledi chamber. That's where all the stuff's happening. That's where the final resting place and the bearing of the dead. So when he gets down there, he pulls out his black light, and he starts seeing all the scratching. And I don't know if the people that had been in the Dinaledi chamber just never noticed it or whatever before, but there's, like, clear scratch marks that look like, cross scratch marks or some sort of symbolism clearly unnatural. I don't know how these markings, which do look very, very similar to early Neanderthal uh symbolism and uh early Homo sapien sapien symbolism from like eighty thousand years ago. So it looks similar to both of those. Uh I don't know I think what did he say? Oh, uh, both like the anthropologist. Somebody said said it looked very similar to the Neanderthal hash mark from sixty thousand years ago that we have, or the Blombos, eighty thousand year old Homo sapien uh, markings. Um, and he, you know, what was interesting too is the way he described when he saw those markings, the the the, the cave markings, the scratches, um, which was most likely done with a hand axe or the tool or maybe even the tool that that one was buried with Um, he said that he he felt like he was in one of those movies where he's a mathematician and all the numbers are like coming off the board and stuff Um, so I mean he didn't say that but um, that's flow state he was in a flow state and he was when he saw that it was like a, a moment that not many people get to have and I've been lucky to have it, whether it be playing, you know, music and like a jam and things like that. You like you reach this. I would say music maybe a little bit different. It's more of like a harmonic convergence or some sort of being on all the same frequency. But just being in that state and coming up with like an idea or a discovery or something. Um, it, it when he said it, it just it felt like. He was trying to describe what a flow state is and he was obviously in it when he got in there, which is crazy Um, Let's see here so so yeah, that's kind of I mean, I'm not gonna go into too much more I will add the link to this the uh, The scientific paper the abstract uh, for the the cave um, finds after the episode so if you want to take a look at the scientific paper um, but yeah, I highly recommend this documentary, especially if you're into this stuff. I will say from from watching it, it's kind of shocking that there were so many similarities between us and Homo naledi, and they lived alongside of us. Some speculations. So, does this mean that maybe Homo naledi was either influenced by Homo sapiens? with the burial stuff did did homo sapiens come up with that is that pre us is that neanderthal is that denisovan is that you know what is that um is that a combination is that just something we've evolved maybe it was even before that maybe it was before that in the line of evolution i don't know but it's just interesting that we're finding this stuff and you know these Homo Naledi that we wouldn't have suspected based on their brain size do this kind of stuff. Obviously, you know, they keep saying in the documentary, but obviously it changes what we think it means to be human. Um, you know, what does what is the difference between us and Homo Leti if, you know, if any? <laughs> um, and there's obviously differences, but in terms of... You could talk about like frontal cortex and things like that and the brain size and all that stuff. But I don't know. I just uh, this was a very thought provoking documentary um, and it couldn't have come at a better time for me. I've been kind of wishy-washy with all this stuff lately. Just, you know, one day I feel a certain way. The next day I feel another way. Um, but this just felt like. I don't know. It just felt very interesting. It it makes me want to look more deeply into uh, evolution, primates. I started watching that Netflix uh, one on the the chimp. It's Chimp Empire or Chimp something. Uh, I got to check that out because uh, I want to look into all this stuff. And I think that we're a lot closer to some of the primates that we think are just... Oh, that's a dumb primate. I think we're a lot closer to them than we think we are. We just have some sort of innate ability to um, control, you know, our environments and stuff like that. So, you know, there will be people that will disagree. I know that I know tons of people that believe we are 100% product of some sort of alien intervention or some sort of. Magical thing that's happened. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about. I. There's just no. Again, I got to look more deep. I shouldn't draw conclusions yet because I haven't looked deeply enough into. You know, the evidence of all this. So I'm not gonna. But I will say this: that the more I watch stuff on like a- apes and chimps and things like that, the more I'm like, wow, there's a lot of similarities and. Yeah, we can create machines and tools that create machines and tools. And yeah, we can do all this wonderful stuff with technology. And yeah, we have scientific method and ponder our relationship to the universe and things like that. Obviously, we're different and more advanced than everything else that we can find in that regard. But, you know, what happened? What made us so different? Why? What? You know, does it have to do with, like, our common ancestor? Does it have to do with some sort of... Maybe it was a cosmic event. I've always thought about that, too. Like, could there have been some sort of, like, distant quasar or some crazy thing that, you know, radiation, you know, hit a certain way or something or some sort of genetic mutation or something like that? I don't know. I'm just speculating here. Uh, But I find it all very interesting. And something I think about regularly, like, how... You know, I think animals have that emotional intelligence, especially, like, dogs and cats and domesticated animals. Um, but, like, where does... Is is our intelligence based off of our ability to, like, destroy things? You know, like, did we push, as human beings, did we push Homo naledi to extinction? Um, you know, I know Lee Berger mentioned in... The documentary that initially when they found it they there was like scientists calling saying oh well maybe you know homo sapiens buried these bodies here or set it up as like some sort of play thing or you know like some crazy stuff like that which i don't believe any of that at all but it just goes to show you you know even some of the more skeptical dogmatic materialists will find ways to separate ourselves from you know what we're close to so I don't know just some thoughts on that um but this brings up the bigger question uh regarding all of this that I want to touch on because obviously on the show we talk about metaphysics the origin of metaphysics things like that and the last few years I've been pretty on this idea of maybe gods, goddesses, metaphysical entities, the idea that there's more out there, all comes from altered states of consciousness, and actually more specifically psychedelic and use. Um, However, watching this documentary, um, I'm starting to think that and even though that could still be possible, there could be, that could have been happening, whatever. Um, If these Homo Naledi were doing rituals, we're doing cave art, we're doing all this stuff, then that means that the idea that there's more to life than just this physical world is a lot older <laughs> than I thought it was, which then i got to go back now and, and like I said, do more research. But that's, um, yeah, I'm happy to do it. That's what the show's all about. I, I could say, oh, this is nonsense and I like my idea better and whatever, but... I'm not that type of person. I'm going to go, I'm going to look into these things. Maybe all of these things were some, enter, entering some sort of altered state or using entheogens or whatever. I mean, I think obviously it would be f- very hard to find what the <laughs> the diet of a Homo naledi, aside from animal bones, because that's the only thing that I could think of. Like, I don't obviously know flora or fungi being preserved unless there's like honey or something, you know, something that could preserve this, these things. I don't know. Anyways, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to go back and do a little bit more research on that. Um, and yeah, I just, like I said, I, I've, this really, really was thought provoking. Um, and I love thinking about this stuff and I get, you know, messages and emails all the time, you know, oh, you guys always talk about what is metaphysics. And I've talked about it before. It's like, you know, it's okay. Let's go back to the origin. So I think the origin of the word metaphysics comes from actually, I think it was somebody that was editing or uh, putting together Aristotle's works and they put, um, you know, first philosophy and then the, the the stuff on metaphysics, you know, meta means after and, you know, physica or whatever in Greek, you know, physics. So it means after physics. So metaphysics just means things that are beyond the scope of knowing through observation or measurement currently right now. And it usually has to do with the nature of reality. So um, let's see here. So that's all I wanted to talk about regarding the, um, the rising star cave and stuff. Um, I've gotten a a few real nice uh, messages lately about the solo episode I did. I really appreciate that. Again, I'm going to continue to do these. Um, you know, some of the people message me not happy that we're not doing a ton of UFO stuff. Well, um, you know, like I said before, it's nothing personal. It's just, I don't, I don't know. Like I watched that, <laughs> I watched that Rogan, Corbell, uh, and Nap. I didn't get anything out of that. Nothing personal against them. I just, I feel like in the UFO sphere, there's this, um, there's this like push or plan like to always keep it relevant always keep it in the spotlight always keep it going and at some point it's just going to get old and people are going to get sick of it too you can wear people out i've got ufo fatigue i'm sick of hearing about this shit right now um and i love the topic by the way and it's one of the hallmarks of why we started the show but um the narratives the drama the bs it's just you know the government stuff the politics you know it's just It's you can get fatigued and I think that that's what's happening right now. And I don't know. I'm not again. I'm not going to talk shit about anybody, but I just, you, you know, it's pretty evident to me. There's only like a few real intelligent people that I like can there's people that can get information which those people are great too. You know, They'll they'll tap into somebody, hey, I know this is happening or that's gonna happen, that's cool, and then you have your people that actually do read all the books, all the papers, all the sightings, all the things, and those people have nuggets that you will never hear about. But then you got the people, and this is most of the people, and just try not to be this person where you'll follow a couple people on UFO Twitter or you'll watch a couple channels or you'll listen to a podcast or whatever. And that goes for our podcast too. Don't just listen to our podcast. Listen to a bunch of them. But anyways, they will <laughs> they will just listen to like one or two things and then think they've got the scope of what's happening. And that's just not it at all. There's millions of people interested in UFOs that aren't on UFO Twitter. And there's people on UFO Twitter. Um, you know, same thing that you know, there's a whole world out there. So But at the end of the day, uh, yeah, I just, like I said, I just show me something at this point. I've put so much time into all this stuff that, um, I, I need to see something better for myself, uh, in terms of really like making it a, a, a soul or like a top focus, um, we did the documentary. I love doing the documentary. I love, you know, Chris's take and contributions to it and everybody that was in it and everything like that. And I still stand by all the stuff that's in the documentary. I just, like I said, it's the the pop culture aspects of it and then the news stuff. And it's just, it's, you know, it's annoying. So we'll see where it goes. Um, I'm always following it. But I want to focus on stuff like this because you know this is something real that's tangible to real discovery um we don't have to speculate we don't you know you, you can speculate like I said you could speculate is this the origin of metaphysics things like that but we've got real bones we've got homo naledi bones showing ritual burial behavior um you know two to three hundred thousand years ago like that's amazing like that's the science we should be focusing on not uh, you know junk shit that these people don't even know what the hell they're talking about that are just average people that you know I don't know I'm ranting a little bit here just just ranting but um again I I I, I want to uh, there's this, that saying I, I want to believe and I even though it's cliche and stupid I feel that way sometimes like I want to be the like Some of the best times in my life in terms of, like, my mental health and things going good and going right have been when I've fully believed in stuff. But, you know, there's no fruit to bear from that other than just having that experience, if that makes sense. Aside, you know, on the the flip side of that is when you take the harder path and don't believe and do the research and do the work Um, There are things to be gained to help you in this life that, you know, you don't have to speculate. Oh, is there going to be another realm or consciousness after death or whatever? Because it's just trying to make this the best that you can now because that's all we really have in front of us. And while it's fun to talk about and speculate and theorize and philosophize and all that stuff... Um, I think it's also important if you're interested in all the metaphysical stuff to stay somewhat grounded because this is the reality right now too. live in the moment. I think that there's something to be gained from that as well. And actually I will say this, all my top experiences, um, UFO, psychedelic stuff, entity stuff, all that stuff happened like in the moment from an experience having nothing to do with social media, having... Nothing to do with, you know, personalities online and shit like that. So go live life. Uh, That's when stuff's going to happen. That's when weirdness will show itself. If it's, as you know, whatever it is, synchronicity, whatever. It's not going to happen sitting at your house watching dumber people talk about stuff that they don't know anything about. So um, just my two cents on that. But um, on a sad note... Um, our cat Maddie passed away the other night. It was pretty, pretty brutal. Uh, our cat was 16 and a half. My wife had her for a few years before we even met. I wasn't really a cat person. I was more of a dog person, but I, I grew to love Maddie, um, in a way that I never thought I would love, you know, a cat like that before. So Maddie was Fucking awesome, Uh, just like this big, lovable puffball, foul face Himalayan, and um, yeah, she just uh, she had cancer for the last couple years, and they said she was gonna pass away like two years ago. But we put her on the steroid regimen, and she was a fighter. She, you know, she had got a couple good years where they said that she wasn't gonna make it, and uh, you know the tough thing that I've never had to deal with before in the past, um, like family dogs and dogs like that. Uh, you know, you have like a service or like the vet or whatever come and then they put them down like at your house or you can have them go and put them down. That's only, only been my experience Well, Maddie was having some sort of neurological event um, and it was the most brutal thing and uh, like I, <sighs> I don't know. It was just very sad. And so I was holding her, you know, trying to keep her, you know, keep her calm. And uh, we couldn't go to the vet because it was Labor Day or the night before Labor Day and we couldn't find a place open. So we didn't know what to do. We were just trying to keep her, you know, comfortable until the morning when we would get her in somewhere. Like got an emergency whatever um and um, you know, I went downstairs to do a couple things, move some boxes around, and I came back upstairs, and she was just stiff as a board, and it was you know I don't know picking her up in that state, it just felt weird and fake, and I've never had to do that it was it was brutal, and i you know, I didn't want my wife to have... If my wife had to do that, it would not be good. So, um, yeah, I, uh, I of course, took care of the situation and we ended up having her uh, cremated. But, yeah, it's just I've never, you know, had an animal die like that. It was very, very sad. So, um, sorry if I'm bumming people out, but I'm just pretty sad about it. When you, you know, live with an animal for 13 years, they're definitely you're a family member, and, uh, again, I love Maddie very much, and she was an amazing cat, and, yeah, so, um, so shout out to Maddie, cheers to Maddie, we love you, all cats go to heaven, we all know this, and if you don't believe in heaven, you better believe in cat heaven, because it fucking exists, um, that's pretty much it. Um, I will start to wrap it up here. Um, again, I'm going to do these uh, solo episodes uh, as much as I can um, going forward. Uh, I like doing them, getting my own thoughts out there, even if they're not super long. Obviously, we'll have our traditional longer episodes um, when we have guests and stuff like that. I just, I don't know. I, I don't know if anybody does a podcast like this, but I think it would be very hard to talk by yourself for two to three hours unless you had some sort of script or a million talking points or something. I don't know. But, um, but yeah, so I highly recommend watching Unknown Cave of Bones on Netflix. Uh, follow Lee Berger on Twitter. He is somewhat active, um, and he'll post, like, discoveries and papers and things like that. Uh, Cave of Bones is also a book you can check out uh, If you're not huge on reading too I always recommend people If you're interested in this stuff Get Audible It's actually not that pricey And you get uh, a free credit every month And you can listen to an audio book um, You know when I'm working or doing stuff I always will listen to like an audio book So I can um, You know Get get multiple things done at once Um and it you know, it keeps you going. I don't know. It just gives me good vibes when I do it. So um yeah, and that's it, Cave of Bones. What else? Um Yeah, follow Lee Berger, John Hawks, that's H A W K E S, I believe. Um I'm trying to think. We're gonna continue the um the Paradigm Shifter series as well. I'm working on a few people in the pipeline. We got Da Vinci. We got you know, who else do we got here? Um uh I wanted to do Da Vinci and then uh Oh yeah, that's right. Uh John von Neumann. The first one we did, and the only one we did, by the way, because this was right before the documentary, we shouldn't have started a new series, but I wanted to get it in because I was so focused on it at the time, was, um, you know, I read that book, American Prometheus, about Oppenheimer, and then a couple other books and watched a few documentaries. So we did that Paradigm Shifters episode on uh, Oppenheimer. I thought, you know, that was one of our better, um, like, biographical style episodes where I kind of go through his life and the Manhattan project and stuff like that. Interesting facts and things like that. Um, I actually have not seen the movie yet, so I want to check it out. I've heard mixed things. So we'll see how that goes. And uh, yeah, that's it. I want to give another shout out to my boy Adam at Ambient Glass. Look at this. I am going to pull this up here. Check that out. He sent me that uh, pendant and that heady dropper bottle so that's a hand-blown dropper bottle and that is a heady heady pendant necklace um, so again follow Adam at ambient glass so I think on Instagram it's ambient underscore glass and then on uh, Etsy it's ambient glass design all one word and let's see here. Check out Glass by Aaron, E-R-I-N, Car-T-C-A-R-T-E-E. Uh Sales Jody, uh, S-A-Y-L-E-S, Jody, J-O-D-I. Uh, she makes really amazing marbles. Uh, Gross Glass, um, G-R-O-S-S, G-L-A-S-S, Jappy Glass, J-A-P-P-E. Uh, glass one word um, and then my boy Blake Maisie at Oakwood Hotworks. So yeah, I just wanted to give uh, Give my peeps a shout-out. Oh um, One more dude too. let me give a shout-out to uh, Joe Wallander w-a-l-l-a-n-d-e-r uh, follow um, him on, uh, Instagram as well. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of, kind of the deal here. Uh, again, cave of bones quit asking me about sending me messages about UFOs. Yeah. I love UFOs. We made a whole documentary, uh, you know, about this thing. However, I don't like what I'm seeing out there and I don't resonate with a lot of these talking points and stuff. So, I mean, could I talk about my own stuff? Yeah, but we already have on the show a bunch of times, so I'm just gonna keep this thing moving. It's Mind Escape has always been like, what's in front of me currently? Like, what am I interested in currently? I don't want to just do things to do things because it's like a persona. Like, I just right now I'm interested in Cave of Bones and hominins, and you know, where did metaphysics and burials and things like that come from? And I'm sure it'll change. You know, we talk about metaphysics psychedelics the the mind philosophy we're going to talk a lot about plato and socrates again coming up in the pre socratic so you know it's just like what i'm what i'm into and stuff so i'll always take suggestions guest suggestions things like that so again if you want to set reach out to me you can send an email to mind escape podcast at gmail.com i'll try and get back to you um and again we get nice messages. Thank you so much to a few people that have reached out with some super kind messages and stuff like that. Thank you to all our Patreon members. Um, But yeah, we're just going to keep this thing moving and um, see where it goes. Um, But I I like, you know, I like these topics. I love these topics. I just, I'm a human being. Some days I was mentioning this some earlier, like some days I wake up, I'm like, You know, none of this means anything. And I don't, I'm not trying to be like nihilistic or, you know, depressing or whatever. But then there's other days I'm like, we're living, breathing magic. And I try and carry that more than I, you know, I think that you can, um, I think you can, um, you know, Get yourself in that mindset. The mat, everything is magic, um, in a, in, a, in a healthy way. Um, you know, you don't want to get too out there where your brain falls out of your head. But I do think if you can have a positive attitude and be open-minded and also be like upbeat, that the possibilities are out there I think that that's a better way to look at it than like a Richard Dawkins oh this is all just an accident and it's a meme and nothing means anything you know like something like that like I I think that that's a super depressing way to live so I never get there but I you know at very least you know I get to like a just uh, more of a skeptical mindset but I walk that line I walk that metaphysical material line and that's just going to happen sometimes. Sometimes you fall on the woo and sometimes you fall on the poo, you know, it just, it happens. So I don't know, but all right, I'm going to wrap it up. The best way to support the show is to click on the link tree link down below. We have a merch store, you know, the new mind escape, um, shout out to Aubrey nearing our graphic designer on our new logo. Um, I have his link down below if you're looking for any sort of graphic art or anything. Um, And yeah, we've got sweet designs, you know, in our logo store that are original. Um, But yeah, we just appreciate any sort of feedback. Even if you leave us a nice review on Apple podcast or Spotify um, or follow us on YouTube, subscribe and like this episode. Um, Tell your friends, tell your family, you know, Get this thing moving! I'm sick of being under five thousand subscribers on here. Okay, because it's been at where it's at for like months. So I want to. I don't want to be one of these uh dudes on Twitter being like, "How come nobody, you know, subscribes to me anymore?" You know, kind of a thing. And then have like everybody like, "Oh yeah, we'll help you out." You know, like I see that all the time where it's like. These, like, smaller channels being helped out. He's yeah, let's get this person above, you know, 5,000 dudes. You know, I don't want to be that person, but I will if I have to be if it doesn't start getting bumped up. So, anyways, I'm just ranting now. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to play the trailer to our documentary uh, that is free and available right now on our YouTube channel called As Within, So Without, From UFOs to DMT. Uh, I'm going to play that trailer. If you want to watch the director's cut, you can check out our Patreon, uh, which has a version for 777. It also has all of our exclusive content on there. So please go check that out. And again, we love everybody. Stay safe out there. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Peace. I don't have to believe. Something's here. There's no question about that they are not just from this planet, but based on the characteristics they're most often described having, that they're simply us from the future. It was um, the biggest aircraft I've ever seen in my entire life. It was semi-translucent, it seemed. We see four orange orbs flying one after another, basically in formation. Um, I think in a way, you know, you could call a UFO a flying dream. Out of the cornfield, that seven-foot-tall, gray, menacing, communion-looking alien, or whatever you want to call it. Because it can be a multitude of things, of deities, of godlike creatures, of aliens. The reality that we experience on a day-to-day basis seems to be this very, very thin slice of, of something far larger and far more complex. As within, so without. From UFOs to DMT